We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. Weather back to Bibby. Has the open shot. Ladies and gentlemen, up on those feet, put those hands together. And we'll meet tonight starting five for your Sacramento Kings. Welcome to the Kings Beat Podcast. I am James Hamm, Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. Joining me today, Mr. Sean Cunningham from Fox 40. Sean, how are you? I am spectacular. Uh, beautiful weather. Uh, it, it's. I, I will say I've been doing a lot of football, a lot of golf this week. And uh, it's uh, fun to be able to do some, some basketball um, right now with you and it looks like I'm missing my friend Brendan. Um, we'll 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 have to re 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 get reacquainted with him next week. But uh, definitely looking forward to talking to some basketball. There's when you're out doing these football games, be it high school or the NFL, you can tell there's a little bit of a crisp in the air, and it's coming. So that's just the big sign that basketball's right around the corner. Yeah, I was uh, sitting at home last night, and my son went to the Bear River football game because he's doing yearbook, and he had to go take pictures. And he doesn't know what he's doing. He, I had to teach him how to hold a camera. He took like thirty, at like three thousand pictures, which I'm sure like eight of them might be okay. Uh, so he's he needs some work. Um, but I saw on Twitter that Joe Davidson was at Bear River, so I text Joe. I'm like, Hey, you still over there? He's like, Yeah, I'm still here. And so I booked it over to the game, which is like a mile away. It's across a across the road, and uh, I hung out with Joe Davidson and watched a little high school football. Uh, Bear River, of course, is what are they? Division five? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they're down there. I yeah, mean, if your son's there. taking eight thousand pictures of people at Bear River, including Sacramento Bees Joe Davidson, that means each person got their picture taken about two hundred and fifty times. Because there that were is a... a ton of people. <laughs> really? There were. It was a Thursday night. It was opening. It was the first home game for Bear River, and it was packed. I, well, one side, and then they played some other school that I'd never heard of. Yeah, they're uh, the Bay Area. I looked at that game and 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 had a very brief thought of going up there because there was 
there was uh here we are at high school football talk but uh three games that were in fairfield and one was up at bear river and i was like man there is nothing close so yeah because bear river had opened with two games in the modesto area which is a long way from here that's like Mm -hmm. a good two and a half hour drive um Anyway, it was good to go hang out with Joe Davidson. Uh, there's a lot going on at Bear River. They've had a really rough start to the the year. My uh, my good friend is a principal, and um, unfortunately, his wife passed away in the first week of school after a long battle with uh, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that we've had here on the podcast we've talked about in the past. Uh, ran a GoFundMe for them and stuff. So, like, really community stepping up, surrounding a family. It's been really amazing to watch. Uh, but also very, very difficult. It's been a long couple of weeks. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, where's Brendan? Uh, where's Brendan? Uh, last week it was me and Brendan. This week it's me and Sean. Uh, that's because uh, Brendan started a new job. And we are very, very excited for Brendan. Uh, he is landed as a writing gig and editing and doing some social media stuff. At uh, what did Sacktown Sports eleven forty? Yeah, nailed it. KHTK. So we're super happy for Brendan, but he still gets to do the podcast. Uh, it's just we had a scheduling snafu this week where uh, Brendan is starting his new stuff. Sean has football, um, and I have the radio stuff, and then I am leaving tomorrow to go on vacation. So where are you going? For- uh, where am I going? I am taking a cruise where in the tour. world is James Ham? I am taking a cruise, which I've always said I will never take a cruise. I am taking a cruise. Uh, but this is like, I think the only place I would take a cruise. Uh, we board a plane tomorrow morning for Seattle and then we jump on a cruise ship to Alaska. So outstanding. next week I will be in Alaska. So I will not be on the insiders on ESPN 1320 from 10 to noon with uh, Kyle Madsen. I will be on not just James on a boat, James on a really, really big boat. Uh, And this is one of those rare times where I will tell you right now, it's probably like a guarantee that I, we will not have a podcast next week. It's just the way that it goes. Uh, Sean, I took my laptop to Puerto Vallarta. We did podcasts. I sat there in a, in a really, really nice timeshare um, writing and covering the free agency opening, like trying to break news, breaking news from Puerto Vallarta. I'm going to bring my laptop, but I don't think I'm going to do any of that on this trip. I, I worry about Wi-Fi on a ship in the middle of the ocean. It's tough. I uh, My last, first of all, I think you're going to fall in love with cruises. I really do. Um, I, I hear these horror stories about cruises and all that stuff. And uh, my experience, I've been on... Th- three or four, 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 technically four cruises, but I've been on three cruises that I like. Uh, and they were, two of them were in the Mexican Riviera. And then another one was a Caribbean cruise. The last one was the Caribbean cruise and technology was a little bit different back there back then. But if I was literally pulling out of Miami and working the uh, Rudy Gay trade to Sacramento from Toronto, oh. um, the Gravis Vasquez, Chuck Hayes deal um, that, um, that i mean shoot i i (laughs) I was running out of cell service we were literally leaving the port of miami heading to the caribbean when that all went down and so uh yeah now there's there was there was internet capabilities was very expensive on the boat and it wasn't that powerful um 
so yeah, I think a lot has changed since then technologically. And I think you're going to have a blast. And I think, uh, I think it's good. Leave your laptop. Like no one's, uh, with respect to our loyal Kings beat, uh, listeners. I think we can all take a week off. We've got the season right around the corner. We're going to be ramping up very, very soon. And, uh, We'll have a lot more to talk about in the coming weeks, for sure. We will have a lot to talk about. Um, it's been strangely noisy um, over maybe the last, like, 10 days. Like, there's Str- more news. Strange? Well, there's more news in the first two weeks of September than typical. Uh, hmm. Maybe a little bit. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. So uh, let's just get to the basics, though. Uh, if you're watching here on YouTube and you don't mind, oh. uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, also, if you don't mind, give us a thumbs up. That helps the algorithm. Uh, those are all cool things. Number two, uh, go to thekingsbeat.com. Become a subscriber to the Kings Beat. Just because I'm on 1140. Uh, oh, that, are you? That was a slip. Huh, breaking Just news. because I'm on ESPN 1320 and uh, having a show there from 10 to noon every day, um, I will leave there, go straight to practice, and I will be at every game and I will cover the Kings just like I have for the for the previous like the previous 13 seasons so the king's beat is not going anywhere i love it uh i love writing i love being uh i love podcasting and i love working with brendan and with mr sean cunningham here so uh jump on board with the king's uh this is going to be year three of the king's beat which is totally crazy to think when's our uh, when's but, our birthday show uh it, it's going to be ooh, i want to say the last week of october is when we officially turn uh, two going into our third season. Oh yeah, because the first okay, because we were yeah. zero. <laughs> yeah, year we were, year zero. Yes, we were so, we were weeks old. Okay, we were weeks old. Um, okay, so the our first topic that we're going to discuss here. Um, I'm going to make a huge disclaimer here. Uh, like I cover the Kings. Uh, Brendan covers the Kings. Like like be, and Sean covers the Kings. Like all of us. Over the course of time, me and Sean have broke plenty of news. Uh, Jordan Ford, Sean was all over this for like the last three months. And I want to give Sean his flowers here because uh, you had this nailed the entire time that Jordan Ford would be in training camp and possibly more. And now we know not only will he be in training camp, but possibly more. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's fun. It's fun to see him. I think we can kind of compared him to the, to the route that Gabe Vincent had taken. And obviously this is becoming a little bit more common these days to see someone who goes undrafted uh, toils in the G league, makes the most out of um, summer league opportunities and finds their way, you know, somehow to an NBA roster. And the, the addition of a third two-way contract did that. Um, His, his, gritty play last year as a starter with the Stockton Kings and then coming into what he did with summer league. And I think where Kings fans really took notice for him of him this past summer. Uh, look, he's, he's kind of an underdog, right? I mean, he's a little, uh, not a, not the biggest uh, person of stature in terms of physical physicality, but um, he plays with a lot of heart and has a great handle and a real good feel for the game. And um, we'll see if it translates to the NBA level. He has the opportunity now and uh, it, it's not something where, Here's a training camp invite, which um, is at least at the bare minimum what we thought he would end up getting. Um, but I think there was real consideration for an actual 
roster spot at, at, at a certain point um, for it to be a two way, I think is the way that it, where it needs to be. I think um, that gives him the ultimate freedom because I think right now the Kings are a little bit uh, too advanced for someone like him, just cutting their teeth in the NBA and uh, he will benefit greatly from, from uh, being able to play in Stockton. Uh, he'll be alongside <clears throat> two of the other two way players, which is Keon Ellis having a second two-way contract and Jalen Slauson, the second round pick. And I think, you know, he might even see Colby Jones down there at, at, at various points of the year. And it'll be nice to kind of see that group um, kind of get their, their NBA legs, if you will. Um, I think it's going to be an important year for Jordan. I think it's going to be an even more important year for Keon Ellis, especially, but yeah, uh, it, it, I think it's a way to reward someone who obviously has local ties, but also has some talent there. And uh um, he, he's, I mean, James, I think I speak for you too. He, he, for some people who didn't really get to see a lot of him or pay attention to Stockton at all, uh, summer league, I think they kind of fell in love with him a little bit. He was, he was fun to watch. He is an instant fan favorite. I mean, talk about a kid who plays hard, who's super smart, who knows when to, to like go for it and knows when to pull back and set up his teammates. I, I think that he is a very, very nice addition. And I don't know that he's going to play a ton. Um, I, You know, we don't know. But I, I think it'll be a big deal when he does make his debut. I, I hope that, like, it, it gets played up as much as possible. He is a local kid. And, and Sean, that kind of leads me. Um, he grew up in Citrus Heights, uh, went to Folsom High. What have you seen from him as, like, you saw him as a kid? Uh, he was excellent in St. Mary's for four years. Uh, he was absolutely, um, he was a leader. I averaged over 20 points a game at St. Mary's. And then, you know, he bounces around after his college career and, and ends up, you know, finding his way back to the G league. But what have you seen as his, as far as his progression from a young man to where he is today? Yeah. He's the one. You did. You just muted. I, that was weird. I didn't even hit mute. Uh, I think I might have had a little glitch over here. The gremlins are there. The gremlins, the gremlins. Are in the system. Yeah, but Jordan, I mean, seeing him at Folsom High, the one thing he's always had has is is a very uh, a lot of basketball smarts, a high IQ, and a great feel for the game. I never looked at him and thought, "Hey, that's an NBA player." <laughs> mm-hmm. But every every program he played with, uh, he always ended up being, you know, the player the 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 player that your eyes would kind of gravitate to. Um, when he was at St. Mary's, I mean, you, you play four years at St. Mary's, he ends up as, I mean, he's not a guy that that you would, I think, look at him and go, this is a scoring guy. I mean, this is, but he but he picks his spots, he finds his moments, and he ends up being the program's second leading scorer of all time, which hmm. is saying something. I mean, I know St. Mary's is. You know, not the, the the biggest program, but they've always had six. They've always found ways to have success. Maybe find that punch their way into the tournament, and have guys that have been able to make the league before. And Randy Bennett, his coach there, uh, loved the guy. He calls him a little a little legend, and and the way he he works. And it was really a reward to him. If you go back, I mean, uh, it was a I, I referenced it on the podcast before, but Golden One Center ended up hosting an exhibition game, or not? Excuse me, not uh, a a. Uh, uh, a neutral site game where you know you typically have your St. Mary, or excuse me, your Sac State and your Davis, the Causeway Classic of basketball, where they'll meet up in in a game. But before that, they end up having a uh, a bigger college game, and for that game, it ended up being, if I'm not mistaken, St. Mary's, and I think it was 
Fresno State at the time and and Noah Blackwell, who's a kid who who played in at, 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 at Roseville's Wood Creek High School, and they had kind of a uh, a game where both of these guys are coming back in their hometown and they played a lot in high school. And Noah has since you know bounced around um, a, from a time or two to a different program, but um, it was a way to kind of bring these guys and let them play at a collegiate level in their hometown. So have that little kind of local flair and angle, if you will. So uh, yeah, he's, he's Jordan is a guy who just makes the most of opportunities. You know, he's not going to be the most uh, flashy guy. Uh, he does, he makes the simple play, but he's also very, very fun to watch. And um, he has a, in my opinion, I think where he's really excelled and gotten better is his, his, his handle. I mean, his ball handling skills. I mean, James, every time we look at a basketball player, we go, what does this person do really well? What, what are they elite at? What do they have an upper echelon talent um, or skill? And to me, it's, it's, his, it's it, it, a lot of it has to do with his ball handling. Uh, he, he worships Steph, Steph Curry growing, growing up and um, you kind of look at him and how he models his game a little bit. And yeah, his, his ball handling is, is very impressive uh, to me. And I feel like he, has grown in so many ways to where he's even though not the biggest guy on the floor, he has a confidence about him. So um, he's a leader. I think you saw a lot of the leadership come through in summer league. Uh, I think that be, that took us that kind of birthed a little bit come playing in Stockton under Bobby Jackson. And uh, it, it, they carried that over into, into summer league where he made a lot of strides and, uh, I think a lot of people around the league kind of took notice of him and credit to him. You go out of summer league and, and maybe you have an idea of what's going to happen. Um, the organization I would imagine had probably been in his ear about uh, a role that they at least think for him. Uh, but that doesn't stop him and his people from going out and listening to other offers and, and what could possibly be out there. Um, but he remained in Sacramento. He remained working out in the team's facility. I mean, most of the time, if you follow him on social media, he's working out at the old uh, Arco Arena site where the Kings had their, um, where the Stockton Kings have a lot of their um, facilities at. And uh, he stayed in town. I remember he was at a, 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 a like a community organized organized thing in in Stockton where they were doing some goodwill in the community, handing out a lot of, uh, um, you know meals and stuff like that for, for underprivileged um, people in the community and uh, just continued to stay here. So I think he's been rewarded with at least the training camp uh, situation and here it gravitates to a two-way contract. Couldn't be more thrilled for the guy. And I think he's a guy that a lot of people are going to be able to root for. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I'll tell you what I love about the Jordan Ford situation. Um, what I think is that last season, the Kings kept Matthew Delavadova, and and I think Sean and I were both like shocked when Delavadova made the team, not because we don't believe that Delavadova is like a good dude or anything. We just, you know, his NBA days look long past him. Um, he hadn't played in the league in a little while. He had been very limited in the games that he did play before that. Um, I like this situation because your starter is De'Aaron Fox, and he's going to play 34, 35 minutes a night. Your backup is Davion Mitchell, and he's going to play 18 to 22 minutes a night. There isn't a lot of room for another player. And even if you did have room for another player, or if you have one of Fox or Mitchell go down, you still have Malik Monk. You still have Chris Duarte that can step in and play some lead guard minutes, especially with Demonis Sabonis. So Sabonis is, is also a point guard 
at the center position. And so I don't know how much Jordan will get to play, uh, but I was surprised that last season I thought the same thing about Della Vadova, and he ended up playing in 32 games. And he ended up playing more minutes than Alex Lynn. So I don't know that he'll get the same opportunity, but what I dig about the two-way player contract is that Jordan can run a team in Stockton. He can remain in shape. He can stay in a rhythm. He can keep doing the things that he's doing and build his game. And then there are going to be days where the Kings have practice at, in Sacramento and he can come to practice. He can get brought onto the G league roster. I mean, onto the main roster, he can go through an entire practice. He can get sent back and go play that game in Reno. I mean, in Stockton, um, or, he can stay in Sacramento and either suit up or not suit up, but you have 50 games that he can play with the parent club. And the difference is between signing a veteran for that position and signing a guy like Jordan Ford is that first of all, you pay half the salary and it doesn't count against the salary cap at all, right? The 550 K that the Jordan uh, is, is going to make, he doesn't, it doesn't count for the cap against the King's salary cap. Uh, that's a two way player rule. But the other thing is that, you have a player who's game ready, not a player who's been sitting there doing nothing and getting in a couple of pickup games here and there with some of his teammates when he's not playing enough. So you have sort of a ready-made guy and you're also building your program at the same time. So I think there's so many advantages to this. And again, I, I, I will, uh, I will be very excited for him the moment he actually steps on an NBA court, because this is big, like making an getting one, opportunity to play in a game that is absolutely amazing for for anyone who you know like for a local kid especially to like say you made it and to me i i'm excited to see what he has to offer yeah um, and you think about too just like guys that these are the stories i love guys from our community who mm-hmm. can crack the roster and typically we've seen it in training camp before we've seen it in summer league before um, you know, Matt Barnes was a king twice. I mean, he's a guy who grew up here in Sacramento. And, um, you know, Marquise Chris was, I always joke, almost a king. <laughs> we get mm-hmm. drafted and then traded and then come back and cut. And, um, you, you know, have these have these moments. But to see a guy who really kind of takes the unorthodox route and get rewarded for the, the hard work as opposed to having to go cut his teeth else, elsewhere. I mean, and he did that. I mean, for people who don't know, he he did have a, a two-year stint in the G League with the with the agua caliente clippers and he had a uh, i believe it was a training camp invite with the clippers i know he was um uh on their summer league roster at one point so he this this won't be his first taste of the nba experience but he still hasn't broken in and played in an nba game yet and he still hasn't been through an entire season on an nba roster and this will this will give him that opportunity and and i love it too james to see these positions exist within the league to where, you know, in the NFL, you have practice squad guys and that is their game days or practice days. Well, Jordan gets the both of the best of both worlds gets to practice with the Kings gets to potentially be able to suit up for the Kings uh, and hear his name called at some point, but more than anything, he's still playing in, in games with the G League to stay ready and develop. And it's exciting. I think the NBA does it the best out of all the major sports. And um, I'm just glad we get to see somebody that we have some familiarity with that, that gets to go through and do it. Uh, because I, I think 
like you mentioned, it'll be a lightning rod for fans. And I think the, the minute, if and when that moment comes where he gets to step foot on the court, hopefully he does so at the Golden One Center. And it'll, uh, it'll, I think, I think Kings fans will respond appropriately. I think they will too. Like I, last year, we saw the huge ovation for Chima Moneki, who went to UC Davis but wasn't a yeah. local kid. I mean, uh, but he still had like fanfare of getting to play. And I, I thought it was a big deal. This is huge. It's huge for Sacramento, it's, it's huge for your community to show players that they can, you know, that you can make it from here. You can. So, uh, you know, like, it's not like Sacramento hasn't produced pros before. Uh, Kevin Johnson, you know, like uh, Marquise Chris, like what you mentioned, uh, there's all kinds of Gabe Vincent or who's, is it James Nunley? Is that the other one? Yeah. James Nunley from, he's from Stockton, uh, Western ranch high school, uh, played overseas, played with, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich during that time. Um, but he's made the most of his, his run overseas and he's, uh, made really good money over there. And there's a lot of guys, um, that are from the Sacramento Mm -hmm. area area that, that strictly play overseas. I remember, I remember one time Tyreek Evans, um, when he was traded, I believe it was a tree. Yeah. When he was traded, um, I went and did the interview at his house that he had just kind of moved into in, in, in the Rockland area. And I, I pull up to the house and there's this beautiful, beautiful like car. I, I, I want to say it was a Maserati, uh, but it was like, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know cars very well. I meant, to, I can't remember what it was, but I had assumed that it was uh, Tyreek's car. And I was like, man, that's incredible. And I'm walking in there and I, and I asked one of his people, his, I go, hey, Hey, is that Tyreek car? No, no, no. That's Robert Sally's car. Robert Sally is someone he played with at Memphis and Robert Sally went to Valley high school and Robert Sally ends up being kind of a star overseas and making great money. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like that makes sense. Cause if you know Tyreek, like he didn't really have, you know, flashy cars and stuff like that. So uh, that was kind of eye-opening experience. And yeah, there's a lot of guys like that from Sacramento who were able to do that. Mike McKinney, a former Sac state player, uh, it kind of comes to mind and uh, has been overseas and comes back in the off season and trains here locally in Sacramento. So uh, it's always fun to see some of these guys get an opportunity. And obviously we mentioned, you mentioned Chima. That was the guy who him and Casey Akpala, we were talking a lot about at this time last year and uh, right before training camp got underway. So storylines change a little bit, but yeah, fortunately camp is right around the corner and we're going to have some uh, fresh blood in there. That's right. Um, okay, so I'm going to touch base with a, a small transaction that happened yesterday. Uh, the Sacramento Kings, the Stockton, excuse me, the Stockton Kings traded uh, the returning player rights of Alex O'Connell and Jariah Horn to, oh, I don't even know who they traded to, uh, for James Akinjo. Uh, so that's going to be a player. Uh, he averaged 14.4 points last year. 6.6 assists, 3.2 rebounds. Um, he's actually really solid. He's a 22-year-old point guard, six foot one. Uh, I think he'll probably be there a lot with Jordan Ford. Uh, they'll probably take turns, especially Jordan having the opportunity to go up and down. So that's a body that they're replacing that they're bringing in for the uh, for the G League squad. Um, and and course, just cleaning yeah. that up, Jariah and uh, and Alex, they they they're off to the Westchester Knicks. Westchester Knicks. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. In case people want to follow along. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Alex O'Connell. He's so much He's fun. fun to watch. Yeah. I don't know why he hasn't really found more of an opportunity, but I, I felt that way every time I watch him play, like how can I get to see more of that guy? He jumps off the page every time. Uh, and he jumps just, off the gym. 
That guy's got yeah, whether it's a three point shot or the crazy vert, either way. Uh, and then we have the sort of the crappy news. So um, with uh, Jordan Ford joining the team, this has nothing to do with uh, Jordan Ford joining the team, but no. the Kings decided to part ways with Namias Keda and Nerlens Noel. And uh, this was kind of a strange one, but after, uh, you know, I reported the weekend before that Alex Len and, uh, and of course, JaVale McGee, we're going to make the team and we're going to act as like backups here uh, to, to, to Montes Sabonis. Uh, that really did leave like one final roster spot and two players that were both on small guarantee contracts. Nimi was on 250,000 and uh, New Noel was on 300,000 just to come, come to camp. And uh, the Kings decided for whatever their reasoning, um, I, I like what I've heard very specifically is they wanted to give these guys an opportunity to potentially go and find another spot before training camp. Um, whether that works out or not, I, I'll just say that when JaVale McGee became available, that changed everything for Nerlens Noel and Nemias Keda. Uh, the Kings absolutely love JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee will play for the Kings this year. Um, I don't know if, how much he'll play, but he will be part of some sort of rotation they still love Alex Len. Uh, he was such a, a a good teammate last year. And strangely enough, if you look at his numbers when he stepped on the court late in the year and in the playoffs, his plus minus and everything else was wild. Like he was very impactful when he did get an opportunity. And so they're going to run with, uh, with Demonis Sabonis as the starting center, of course. Um, and then they're going to back him up with JaVale McGee and Alex Len. And then I'm sure we're going to see a ton of small ball five out of uh, Trey Lyles. And uh, Sean, is there anything else with this that like sticks out to you? No, um, I think um, that is what changed everything is JaVale McGee. And I think they took it, took some time and, and, and assessed and said, Hey, do we really want to see this battle out in training camp? Uh, do we really want to see um, some of these guys, you know, maybe step up to the plate. Like, you know, I, we kept talking about, and I thought it was a great opportunity for somebody like Namias Keda. Um, but I think he also has some opportunity or some interest in other places at the time and to give him some freedom to just go and pursue those as opposed to, all right, beat out these guys, beat out some NBA vets who are, aging downside of their career and, and overcome and all the while knowing that there's a confidence in JaVale McGee from Mike Brown and his staff um, and a confidence in Alex Len knowing that he's been there, done that and kind of seen everything that you could go through. Look, I wasn't keen on seeing Nolan's Noel. I think he would have, would have washed out in training camp anyway. Um, and, you know, it had speculation of maybe there'd be three of them that make the team, um, given the, the growth that, that Kata has shown, but um, nothing is permanent in the NBA. So, um, you know, we've seen plenty of opportunity moments where people leave and they have, they go and pursue opportunities and end up back in Sacramento one day, not to say that that'll happen. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's all about winning and you're a better team, at least in theory with JaVale McGee right now as a proven player, even despite, his setback that he had with, uh, with Dallas, it didn't really mesh there, but for the, really the type of basketball 
that the Kings play um, has the opportunity to probably fit in better than any of those guys. He brings something that all those people he was essentially going to compete with in training camp. And if you had to pick one right off the bat, you'd, you'd realize that, okay, he'd be the guy. And you put JaVale McGee in a situation where you've already signed him to guaranteed money. You might as well put his mind at ease to go in there and say, all right, I'm not having to, not having to compete. You know, this is my spot. I have to keep my spot. I still have to earn it, but there's no one breathing over my shoulder here, especially given what just happened uh, in Dallas where, where it didn't go well for him. So um, I think it's, it's a, it's a fresh start for him, even though he is 35, but he, he brings something to the table uh, that, that I think can be, that is needed on this team. Uh, I think a lob threat, the way they run the floor. I, I, I'm I agree. If I think you, I think if JaVale McGee can, I want, I want to see him run this way. Like I, I know we've been able to see it in years past. Um, he's a finely conditioned athlete, but uh, I, I'm curious to see if he can run this way at 35 even still. So um, it'll be fun to see uh, how that plays out. But yeah, I mean, pretty much a rim protector and you know, he's a guy who can block shots and, and rebound. So not a great defender per se anymore, but I still think he has enough that, that he can, have in the tank to where that this team will benefit from having his presence. I don't, and I'm with you, James, I don't know what that looks like from a rotational standpoint and how often you see him on the floor. I think we alluded to it the other day that he could be a guy that he plays maybe every second or third game at moments. You might see moments where he doesn't play and it, it, it entirely depends upon matchups, but um, they're the way this team plays. I think JaVale McGee will fit in a, in a, in a nice way. Yeah, I, I think the guy who celebrated the most is Malik Monk. Like, this is a dude for Malik Monk. Uh, they're going to be devastating in a pick and roll. He, he, Malik loves the lob threat, and JaVale McGee is one of the great lob threats in the game. Um, you just, you know, he's an acrobat in the air, so incredibly long and athletic still, even at 35. And he's a big dude. And we're talking about a seven-footer, weighs 270. He's a big man. And uh, I, I think he's going to play a role. Um, I think this brings us to uh, what we like to call him. Can I yes. say one thing before you do that? The one I feel terrible for is that we don't have Jason Jones up here anymore covering the Kings on a daily basis. I do too. Because he left the veil. Former SAC B, uh, beat writer for the Kings, Jason Jones, who now is over the athletic at the athletic and he's doing great things uh, on the, on the uh, sports culture side of the athletic. And it's a, uh, it's a shame. He doesn't get to cover Jamil McGee. He's got to come up for uh, opening night. He's going to show up and like, uh, we might have to chip in and buy him a JaVale McGee Kings jersey <laughs> just to mess with Jason. He loves right. JaVale. JaVale loves is him. like his, his dude. Uh, let's get to the business of basketball. Um, there it is. Like, look, I, I don't like these these transactions like like we've watched Namias Keda like develop and become a better player. And uh, I like I feel for him and I feel for the good people of Portugal because now you don't know where your guy's going to be. And I think it lends me to a question, Sean, did for so many times this has been the case in Sacramento where like for whatever reason, a player comes to the team at just the wrong time, like if if the Kings weren't the Kings last year that we saw, if they weren't the 48 win team, like, I don't think this happens. I, I think it's very possible that Namias Keda is given another year or two to develop with this team. And potentially he could have even been the backup center. If you're, if your aspirations are to win 30 games, 
That's just not who the Kings are. That's not who they are going forward uh, for the next five years, hopefully, uh, at least in their mind. They're a team that's on the rise. Uh, they're going to chase veteran players. And, and I guess that's my my question, because I think we've seen it with Scalabissier. Scal came to the Sacramento Kings at the wrong time. And because the Kings had so many young people that Scal and his super nice personality got lost in the shuffle. And, and I think that that, I mean, again, you look at his rookie year, uh, the Kings had Willie Cauley Stein as a year, a rookie of the year before, but they draft, um, Yorgos Papagianis, Malachi Richardson, Scala Bissier, uh, and they trade for Buddy Heald all in that year. The next season, um, you have De'Aaron Fox, you have, uh, Justin Jackson, you have Harry Giles, you have Frank Mason, they bring Bogdan Bogdanovich over. So we're talking about nine guys that are in their first and second year all together. And so I think Scal just unfortunately was one of many in that group, but one guy that got lost in the shovel. You can't have like 25 developmental coaches that are working two on one to get a player up to speed at all times. It's not the way it works. Um, and I, I guess that's my question is, is uh, this just a, like Mimi lost in a moment? Um, do you think he can make it in the league? Do you, do you think that again, the Kings thrown out, they just wasted $550,000. Is that just a cost of doing business right now, uh, for a team like this, that's, that's like right there and feels like they, they have a shot. Um, well, I will say, I think that's still the question for Nemeas Keda. We, we were asking ourselves that question. Like, is he an NBA player that now he'll get his shot? Well, now he kind of won't until he finds a, a home that he gets to either battle it out in the uh, in a training camp which is right around the corner or possibility of going back to the g league where he really excelled last year um but i think you know look there's no loyalty in sports and to the king's credit they put him in a position to reward him for a lot of his development i mean he's look they're Anyone who thinks this organization is is frugal or cheap, uh, look again. I mean, they just signed Nerlens Noel and gave him what two hundred fifty thousand dollars, three hundred thousand, you know, just to basically pretend you're a king for a few months. Again, Javale McGee changes everything. Um, his presence here, and I think the Kings did right by both Nerlens Noel and Namias Keda. Namias Keda gets a nice chunk of change coming off of summer league. And he can go off and and still try to find an opportunity. Some that opportunity may exist overseas uh, this late in the game. That over that that opportunity may exist in the G League again. Um, I'm not sure. I know someone had reported that it was true. I is he still two way eligible? I don't know that he yes. is, but yeah, he no, is right. He yeah. is. He's he's in his third season, and he can he can have a third year of uh, that's right of two way eligibility and. He just got 250. So if he does find his way into a two-way contract, which to be honest with you, uh, for teams that are out there, you'd be crazy not to go out. I mean, if you want your G League team to actually have success, uh bringing in like the guy who was all defensive team, all G League and second in MVP balloting and he's 24 years old, that makes a lot of sense for teams. Like I don't think he has to go into the G League draft and be he'll be the first pick in the draft without any question and then go sign a g league contract for 70 grand or 80 grand whatever it is now 
I think he'll get a two-way contract. And, and there's always a possibility he gets more than that, that someone says, hey, right. you know, I know there there are teams that have sniffed around already uh, who are intrigued by him. There were some questions about his foot uh, that, you know, because he did hurt his foot at the end of summer league. Um, but everything I've heard around the team is that he was about to be cleared for all basketball related activities and that he was playing three on three games and like yeah. he looks fine. Um, so the foot isn't an issue. It's not an injury situation. It's very specifically that the Kings are just in a different place. And I think that that happens sometimes, Sean. Yeah, I mean, not everyone can play, you know, and not every we already know not everyone can play. But to your point earlier, where you're spending a lot of time bringing people along, um, this was one that they invested in a lot of patience in and he did nothing wrong. You know, he, he I, no. I think and I've mentioned it before, I think where he was. I think I think if they could do his rookie season over again, they might it might look a little bit different. Um, because he didn't get the development, in my opinion, that he needed right away. But again, I mean, let's pretend someone disagrees with me on that. They would tell you that, hey, you know what? That person would say that that he came from Utah Utah State, man. Not a lot of NBA talent comes from Utah State. This is somebody that really needed to be uh, hold their hand and bring them along slowly. That could very well be true. Um, but I think based off of um, where they were with him, uh, they could afford at the time to be patient. Now you really can't like, you've got some people that you're investing in for your future uh, a little bit on the end of the roster at the moment. Um, I was, I think James, much like you, I was a little surprised they ended up with two draft picks out of the second round this year that they were willing to invest in Colby Jones being obviously the, the one that comes to mind right off the bat, but also Jalen Slauson. And I was very surprised. Yeah. Yeah, it just becomes a numbers game at that point. And now if you put your 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 if you if you think it from a Nemeas Kata standpoint, I think he was looking at coming at like maybe not being in love with playing in a third summer league at at one point, but knowing that you still have um people that you critics that you must either silence or change their opinion of and you played well in summer league, granted you hurt your foot toward the end of it, but um I, I didn't think in my opinion that him playing in summer league was going to do him uh, any favors based off the year he just had in, in the G league. Um, it is rather haphazard basketball. I think for him, it was the next step of what's he look like in training camp with the intent on him making an NBA roster. Can he earn that roster spot? And I think he was poised well to do that, but at the end of the day, it is a business and they're in a different place and JaVale McGee changes the whole landscape of things before ja you have the pre JaVale McGee and the, mm -hmm. at the post JaVale McGee world. And unfortunately this, this is the right decision for the Kings to make. And it comes at the expense of a guy who has a lot of upside. Look in other, this happens in sports in every sport. Um, but unfortunately it, it, it just means that he's not going to be here in Sacramento at this moment. And that could be the best thing possible because I think if you're asking to me as Kata, He's in his mind, he's probably like, no, screw the G League. I shouldn't be a two way player. I need to, I want to make I want to be able to earn a roster spot on an NBA team. And if I can't, then, you know, that presents a different world of options at that point. But I think he's completely uh, at least weeks ago, he was completely set on making the NBA roster, proving people that he could be better than the guys like Nerlens Noel, uh, JaVale McGee, um, 
Trey Lyles as a small ball center and provide something different that, that those guys don't offer. So um, now he gets to go and do that, hopefully with another NBA team that might have, might like to kick the tires on him. Okay, Sean, I'm going to, I'm going to like break this down a little bit for, for like two seconds. The team he came into this, his rookie season, which was just two years ago, like not, it wasn't last season. It was a season before that. So we're not talking like years ago of that team. De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes, Davion Mitchell are all that's left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Lynn. Alex Lynn was on that team. We And then Alex Lynn came back for last year. Oh, no, no. Didn't Alex Lynn come over late that year? I don't um, remember. He, he did a second stint, so that's why I didn't count Alex Lynn initially. Yeah, Alex Lynn just keeps doing stints in Sacramento. Uh, yeah, no, no. Alex Lynn, I believe was on the team that whole year. He played 39 games. Um, is that the year? No, let's see. That's not the year that he left. He went to Toronto, went to Washington, and then he came back the next year and signed. So this is, uh, Alex's third year in Sacramento straight. Um, but that's it. Like, this is a completely different roster. Everyone mm-hmm. is different. And like, right. for some reason, the Kings were able to find like, kismet they were able to find just this magical moment where everything came together and all of a sudden they were a much better team than they expected to be and that's unfortunately sometimes how players lose their place in on on a team that they're with and whether it's play style changing or or just like the fact that your team had won 31 games a couple of years in a row and all of a sudden they win 48 you know and and you're a player and veterans want to come and play for you and uh, and veterans that fit your position better than you. So uh, anyway, I, I think that that's, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. And I, I wish Nimi nothing but the best. Like, I don't know Nerlens Noel. Uh, I haven't really been in a in a scrum with him before. But with Nimi, he's a great kid. And and I, I hope it all works out for him. With Nerlens Noel, just real quickly, um, this isn't unfamiliar territory for him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he... he he under I mean, if anyone understands the business of basketball, it's Nerlens Noel. He's bounced around a lot. Um, he's just trying to find some place that can give him a little consistency. I think he's trying to find consistency in his own game, but it's it's eluded him. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if he finds another opportunity because that that may not exist. All right, Sean. The last thing I want to ask you: uh, the Kings with the move to to waive Nerlens and to waive. Nimi and to move Jordan Ford from a standard contract, albeit an exhibit 10 to a two-way contract puts their roster of 14 players plus three two ways that gives them 17 total. They have one more main roster uh, that would, could potentially make the team. Um, But then on top of that, three more additional pieces that they could invite to camp. Are you expecting them to bring anyone else into camp? Have you heard any names of anybody? Because I, it's been pretty quiet. Well, I mean, they've had a lot they've been doing. Um, I, I, th- I think there's um, certainly a, a need for that that third guard situation. Um, but I think they're going to keep their eyes open. Um, look, the, I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of approach that they take because I think most free agents look at Sacramento and go, why, why am I going to go there? They're, they're pretty well set already. 
mm-hmm. um, the likelihood of, of it's making not, that team. why would I go to Sacramento? Cause I don't want to play for the Kings or right. in Sacramento. It's very specific. How would I get on the floor? Exactly. And it's, it, there's still opportunity that can be had, but I think there's cause thought process that if you're the Kings, you're, you've got, and it's a great, position to be in man you've got your rotations essentially set you've got your your roster figured out and in the event that catastrophe happens and you suffer a significant injury in an area where you may not be that deep um yes you have people step out and play different positions but at that point you may be able to go out and address some needs i mean certainly you don't need an nba training camp to um uh, be in, in the, the finest shape. You can do that on your own with a trainer. Um, a lot of guys stay ready all throughout the year um, and, and are ready for opportunity. But there are some names that, that are out there. I don't think any of them are the most attractive necessarily. And I don't know, you may disagree there, James, but uh, if you look at a lot of the people that are available in terms of um, what this team could could use, especially as a if you're identifying the third guard situation as being that that area of need, I don't know that there's one out there that just leaps off the page to me. You're not going for Cameron Payne? No, I'm not. <laughs> that would that would not be on my on my shopping list. Your bingo card. Yeah. And I yeah. actually I think there's a good chance that the Kings are okay with where they're at. And I also know that this team found a lot of value in keeping an open roster spot because then they were able to do some other things during the, during the year that they wouldn't normally have been able to do like uh, take on what a second round pick or two second round picks and Kessler Edwards for nothing. Those are things that I think the Kings could use with that, that 14th roster spot where they can actually obtain assets. I think they also need to make sure they're flexible and have roster flexibility in case they come across a really nice trade option where you got to do, uh, you know, one player going out, two players coming back. So I think they'll be they'll be open, but I don't think that they're going to actively try to pursue a player for the 15th roster spot. They might invite a couple of kids to camp uh, to give them a little boost in cash. So when they cut them, they go to the G League and they got a little bit extra money. Um, yeah. but I'm not sure that, that they're, they have a bunch of those guys lined up. Um, and you know, you mentioned Colby Jones. I think Colby Jones will spend a bunch of time with the G league this year. I don't know. I mean, there's not a spot for him at the pro level and it's even possible that they get him there and work with him on, uh, you know, converting him to a one, two, a one, two, three, as opposed to just a two or a three and see if he has any uh, any point guard skills, which is what they tried to do with Keon Ellis last year as well. Um, just try to expand their game a little bit. So I think that they're going to stand relatively pat, um, but they'll be opportunistic, if that makes sense. For sure. And I, you know, look, in, in training camp, a lot of things can change. I mean, I think what we've learned about this, um, this coaching staff is uh, – things can remain rather fluid, um, especially outside of the, maybe the top six players on the team um, that, that they'll afford opportunities to take a, to take a look at something different every now and then. But also the, a lot of that opportunity comes with the belief or confidence that the coaching staff has in said player. Um, so if you can make some big inroads in, in, 
in training camp, how can that translate to from training camp to preseason games to practices after training camp where you're remaining consistent and not showing any drop off. Like it's one thing to come into training camp and, Oh man, this guy two weeks in, he's looking fantastic. Oh man, this guy comes in and has two nice games in preseason. What does that look like when you're a week out from the start of the season? How how does, how is that person looking in practice when now you're not playing in the preseason or in the final preseason games possibility this these tend to maybe look a little bit more like the regular NBA games rotations that you're going to see during the season. Now, how does that guy look? Has he, is there any drop off there? So um, the, the ultimate ability or the ultimate opportunity is having a coaching staff that believes in you. Uh, and we saw that last year, you know, we went from Trey Lyles who had some, opportunity to not having opportunity and then all of a sudden has opportunity again and he kept it at the, after that point so um it's a long long season and it starts with training camp yeah it, it's just around the corner so uh just to rehash what the plan is here um uh, next week we're going to take off i i i am going on vacation um it's a bucket list thing that's so and we had to get it in before the season starts I like how you uh, apologize. I like how you apologize for living your life right now. That's uh, yeah, no but you know, do like, that. we don't take weeks off on the pod. We don't like, no, but for, we don't. We've been pretty like, good I don't, about it. yeah, typically I don't take weeks off during the, uh, for the pod. Um, I remember bringing gear to um, Cancun and podcasting with Aaron Bruski from Cancun. Um, yeah, that was fun. And, and I was on the radio at, like in Puerto Vallarta and, and doing podcasts from there as well. Um, but, uh, so next week we're going to take off the week after that, it's going to become a sprint. Um, that is a week that stands out. That is the buildup to training camp. Training camp starts on October. Well, media day is October 2nd. Training camp starts October 3rd. Uh, most of these players have been working out together or working out with coaching staff, uh, people for quite some time. Uh, I think people should be really excited. I, I know that, uh, Doug Christie has spent most of the summer hanging out with, uh, with Demonis Sabonis, like a very, very large portion of the summer where they've only taken a couple of days off the entire summer. And the dude's just a workaholic. Uh, and he's got the right partner to work with him on. Uh, if you want someone else who's a workaholic like Doug, um, yeah, so got with him too, a lot of the time. Yeah. I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, I think, Doug likes to teach the finer nuances of basketball. It's not just about rebounding or shooting. It's going to be about a lot of things. Just think of all the things that Vladi Divots and Chris Weber were able to accomplish in the high post and how Doug was such an integral part of that and how to play off of uh, your teammates and how your teammates can you know play off of you. And so I think that that's going to be big. Um, so we got lots coming up. Uh, I will be off the radio next week. Uh, I'll be back on the radio doing the insiders, uh, beginning Monday, uh, join me there. That's been a lot of fun. Kyle Madsen is awesome. I'm having a great time, uh, building chemistry with him. And, uh, Sean, you got a lot of stuff to cover and don't you have a little vacation coming up? I've got a little bit of a vacation. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go back down to San Diego, uh, a couple concerts Beautiful there. San Diego. That's right. Um, what does that mean? Go in, too far in Spanish. Something about a whale's anatomy. I don't know if that's accurate, <laughs> but Anchorman will teach you right on that one. I don't know. Brennan right. hasn't seen Anchorman, so that's right. <laughs> um, Maybe Brennan yeah, should I mean, be watching Anchorman right now. 
it, it'll be fun because uh i think i i think i come back um the day before media day oh so I'm, uh, my first day back will be the first media day the second training camp the third and we're off and we just and off. we're off it'll be a sprint and it'll be absolutely crazy and fun um all right let's uh let's finish up uh jump on board with the king's beat go to the kingsbeat.com become a premium subscriber so you get all of this sent right to you the, your inbox uh we will crank up writing we'll crank up everything there it's going to be a very interesting season and we'll have you covered here at the king's beat uh brennan will be back he has not gone anywhere he just uh well he did get his big job we're very excited for brendan and uh he just couldn't make it today we had scheduling conflicts so he'll be back uh when we are back so for box 40 sean cunningham i am james hammy king's insider for espn 1320 and the king's beat thanks for tuning in we'll see you very soon For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.